1: So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Viore.
1: Hello, baby. Welcome in. It is a Friday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, JJ Johnson Strensky, rocking and rolling, getting ready for Week Four and the final week of the regular season. And the stage is set. It's the Mets. It's the Braves. It is the matchup we have been looking forward to for weeks now. You kind of sense. You kind of knew we were on a collision course for this series, meaning a ton basically since the end of August when the Braves struck back and won three out of four. After, remember, the Mets took four or five and you thought the division was over and done with. We know the Mets had an opportunity to bury the Braves, didn't do it, didn't have a great month of September against sub 500 teams at home, but the Mets got such a gigantic win on Wednesday. Eduardo Escobar, say what you want about the guy in the first half. He won him the game. Won him the game against Miami. Plus the brave loss. The betting odds shifted dramatically from that turn of events. The Mets are basically laying 400 to go and win the NL East. That's telling. Why? Because of the tiebreaker. And because of the fact that the Mets will have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett ready to rock in this series. Look, the Mets match up well with Atlanta because the Braves have a lot of guys in their lineup who are swing and miss. Scherzer, DeGrom, swing and miss type of pitchers. Bassett has had success against Atlanta. I think the Mets are going to go down and play well this weekend. They won two or three down there in the past. I expect the big pitchers to show up. My question for the Mets is twofold in this series. Who is getting big hits outside of Alonzo, Lindor, and McNeil? Is Escobar going to be that guy again? Is it Nimmo? Is it the DH spot? Is it Nito? I don't know. And how is Buck Showalter piecing these games together if he can't go starter right to Edwin Diaz? I thought Drew Smith looked very impressive the other day. Is it Lugo? Is it Adovino? That, to me, is the wrinkle and the monkey wrench of the equation. But I think the Mets, having a game lead, are positioned well. And I think they're going to play well this weekend. That's my gut feel. I think worst case scenario for the Mets, they lose two out of three. But my gut feel, I think the Mets are going to win two or three. I think we are talking about the Mets putting this division on ice on Monday and at the latest on Tuesday. That's my take going into the weekend. Now for the Yankees, look, they've clinched. The only thing that matters now at this point is Aaron Judge breaking Roger Maris's record. And I'm not one of these guys that's getting all wrapped up in, oh, it's the all-time baseball home run record. I don't look at it that way. To me, it's Barry Bonds. But, like, there's a narrative out there, oh, he's not breaking Barry Bonds' record. If you're a Yankee fan, you shouldn't care about this. That's rarefied air. I mean, think about it in your lifetime. How many guys have you seen since the Star Wars guys that have gone over 60 home runs? I mean, go through it. The answer is not many. So for Judge to be in this position, it's special. He's had the most remarkable New York sports season I have ever seen in my lifetime. We're doing a Billy show. If you're out there, Spotify Live tomorrow, four o'clock. Come by if you're going to the game, have a drink, we'll schmooze, we'll have some fun. Stefan will be there. Stefan's paying, by the way, not me. Just, Just kidding. We're going to have a rocking time and hopefully we're going to see 62. But for the Yankees as a team, the next six days are about lining up your pitching rotation, building up Severino, getting some injured players back may you see what the deal is with Carpenter and Benintendi, and take it from there. And then you got to figure out what the pecking order looks like in that Yankee bullpen. Who are going to be the guys that get the big outs for Aaron Boone? It's a million-dollar question. And right now, there's a lot of uncertainty as far as who the Yankees are going to play. Cleveland is playing somebody. Probably either Seattle or Tampa. And there are pluses and minuses to each of those teams. The bottom line is this. The Yankees should not lose in the first round. If the Yankees lose in the first round, that is a bitter pill to swallow because they are better than any of those teams. Doesn't mean they can't lose, but they should win. And that'll be a conversation. We have a lot more next weekend and going into Monday, Tuesday, and beyond. Now the football this weekend. Jets get their quarterback back. And right now, there's not a lot of positivity in Jetland. Despite Garrett Wilson looking like a player, despite Sauce Gardner looking like a player, Brees Hall has looked good. There's a lot of hesitation to buy in on the Jets because of the head coach. And I can understand that. The penalties, the way the team has looked unprepared, Like, you're not overly confident that you have your coach long-term in Robert Salah, and I'm not going to fight you on that. But this Sunday, to me, is important because Zach Wilson is back. And now the coach and the quarterback in their second year can show and prove, perhaps, that they are making sizable, tangible progress. That's what these next couple weeks are all about. It starts Sunday against the Steelers. You get the Steelers off extra time. Tomlin has had great success against the Jets. The Steelers historically never lose to the Jets outside of the 2010 regular season in Pittsburgh. Tough spot. But this is not your father's Pittsburgh Steelers. Not the same dominant team that we've seen in years past. So it's a winnable game for the Jets. Will it be winnable? That's a story for a different day. But on paper, it's winnable. For the Giants, they're coming off a loss. They lost to a better team. Chicago is not a better team. Chicago is spunky on defense. Chicago can run the football. Chicago cannot throw the ball. That, to me, is how you attack the Giant defense through the air. I expect the Giant run defense to be much better than it was on uh, uh, Monday night, where Pollard and Zeke basically ran all over them. But the question about this game, to me, is outside of Saquon Barkley. We talked about this in our interview with Daniel Jones. If you haven't listened yet, check it out. It's on our page, all that good stuff. Where are the big plays coming from for the New York football Giants? Where are they coming from? Giants need answers on that. And they need this bear game. If you want to keep these positive vibes going, the next two weeks, they ain't pretty. Packers in London, Baltimore at home. Let's call it like it is. The Giants are going to be significant underdogs in both of those games. They're not as significant underdog in this game. Go and get it done. Get that bad stench in Dallas out of your system and go across the pond three and one, which would be a very impressive start for Brian Dable in his first year. You feel good, feel better about that coaching staff than you do the Jet coaching staff. But for the Jets, it's about the quarterback. For the Giants, it's about big plays. Where are they coming from outside of Saquon? We got a loaded show. All our Football Friday regulars. Voicemails coming up next.
2: Restrictions all apply. See website for details.
3: So, before we
1: get to some voicemails, Francisco Alvarez is being called up by the Mets, and I love it. Now, the timing of it is weird. Weird that it's happening the final weekend of the regular season. Weird that it didn't happen on September the 1st. But you look at the right handed DH situation for the Mets, you look at the DH situation to begin with for the Mets. Rough. Vientos has been so-so. Vogelback has been so-so. It's worth a shot. He's your number one prospect. He's one of the best prospects in all of baseball. Like this weekend needed any more sizzle. Now you're calling Francisco Alvarez up. And I would assume he's going to be in the lineup. You're calling him up, you got to play him, right? That's got to be the move. That's got to be the play. Wow, that's Biggie for the Mets. Surprising, but a biggie nonetheless. All right, we got voicemails. Remember on Sunday after the football, after Mets Braves nine one seven three eight two one one five one, and we will be at Billy's tomorrow. Spotify Live four o'clock. There's going to be a lot to discuss. Aaron Judge, Mets Braves, all the football, you name it. All right, voicemails. Let's hear them, Steph.
4: Hey, JJ Charlie from Elmer's calling. So I'm calling in on Thursday morning. And yeah, the Yankees clinch. Hey, Aaron Judge, congratulations, what an honors, Hitting sixty one home run. And I think yesterday really supplanted this MVP season. Not only he's just it's absurd to even living leading triple crown and one of the greatest Yankee seasons I ever see in my life. And for all the Otani uh, MVP, uh was the endorsers who think he should win the MVP? Go suck it. Like Aaron, he still thinks Otani oh, should win the MVP. Give me a break. Like, like in the Yankee postgame show, which was so great covering, uh, Judge 49 out of 61 home runs hit this season. It happened during Yankee wins. That's 80% of them. Like the walk off home run against Toronto, the walk off three run home run against. The Astros, like this month, like these out that one Saturday after the game against the Tampa Bay Rays. The every home run Judge hit since then, like the Sunday game, the Yankees won that difficult game. Difficult game, won that game two to one. And ever since that game, they turned it around and got the AL Like Yankees have won every game. Aaron Judge hit a home run. Like. The one, the two games in Boston, we were out there. Two games, two, two home runs against Milwaukee, the home runs against the Twinkies. Now last night, after Cole chokes up again, I mean, that's another problem come postseason time. So we have to figure out to wait and see whether he can prove it or not. They go ahead and home run. I mean, what can he? What can Aaron Judge do more? Do more. Guy is MVP. He's an MVP, and yeah, I can't wait to yeah, we'll see what happens on Friday night and over the weekend at Yankee Stadium to, get to see to win this history. And yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to get down the Billies and yeah, Friday night in the Bronx, yeah, behind home plate, let's go, man, let's go,
1: let's go, Charlie, I love it, baby, and there is no debate, there is no conversation. I know people. Flood my Twitter timeline saying, "J.J., why do you bring this up? Why is it even a conversation? Because there are idiots that actually make the point that it should be Shohei Otani is the MVP, and I love me Shohei Otani. He's a fabulous player, but come on, Aaron Judge. Anytime the Yankees have needed a big moment, he's delivered for them. The Toronto game, we were at that one, early in the year, statement win. The Astros series, who showed up, Aaron Judge, big hits. When the team was reeling against Max Scherzer." Aaron Judge, Tampa, down at the trough, Aaron Judge, Boston, Aaron Judge, over and over again. There's there's no conversation. The guy has risen to the occasion countless times. Can't say enough good things. It's an extraordinary season, and he's going to be well compensated for it, as he should be. He's the face of the New York Yankees. He's one of the faces of all baseball. He's got to be a Yankee for life. All right, who's next?
3: What's up, JJ? This is Mike from Mastic, and I am still still freaking excited for this Brave series coming up with the Mets. I'm still not over after what happened yesterday with Eddie Escobar. My man has come out. He has redeemed himself. It feels really nice. I don't know if I want the Mets to sweep the Braves. I I would love to see them clinch in their home field and make them get that nice. Bad taste in their mouth, but maybe they'll come back to bite him in the ass. You never know. But um, I'm loving it. Um, Loving seeing Judge hit 61. I'm not a Yankee fan, but you know what? It's such a great thing for the sport to see this happen. Um, My best friend from college, he's a Yankee fan himself, and he's been gushing over this for the past couple weeks, and I'm finally glad he's relieved of it. I hope he gets 62 when he's in the Bronx this weekend. I hope he gets to do it be great to see for all of baseball. And, uh, and the Giants, I hope they beat the Bears this weekend. So
1: hope you're well. Talk to you soon. Look, you want to clinch as soon as possible. If I'm a Met fan, I'm not thinking about clinching at home or clinching on the road. You want to clinch as soon as possible. A lot of Met fans gave up on Escobar. I'm glad you didn't. And I'm glad my dude Zach Brazor of the Post gave me some love on that tweet. I said it after our Spotify Live at Citi Field. This guy's going to have a couple of big hits down the stretch. We happen to be right on that prediction. Just saying. Just saying. We saved the receipts on that prediction. Escobar has been fabulous and as good as any Met in the month of September. There's no getting around that. Who's
5: next? Hey, JJ. Westchester. Look, man, it's been a great few days for the Yankees. And I know I've called in a bunch of times this season, last season, crapped on the team, soulless, heartless, lifeless. But got to give credit. It's been a great couple of days. to are clinching the division, teams partying in the clubhouse. It's a great sight judge hit 61 last night. Just good stuff. And I'll, I'll be in the building as well Friday. Try to swing by Billy's. Maybe we can meet in person. So uh, look forward to that. But, um, you know, listen, man. I think Yankees fans as a whole, we might owe Brian Cashman the Derek Jeter-style gift basket for Harrison Bader. You know, this guy has been exactly the late season energy, passion, injection you needed. He's a New York guy. He's from Westchester. Westchester guy like me. Um And he's just been great, man. He's brought great energy. He's great on the base pass. He's hitting. He's great in the field. And and he's just been great. And the same goes for Cabrera, man. These are two guys you're putting in the outfield every day. And they've brought great passion, great energy. And, you know, this is what this team has kind of been missing. So it's great to have Bader in the lineup. And, again, I think we owe Cash an apology. And then real quick on Daniel Jones. I mean, anyone who watched that game on Monday night and thinks that he was the issue is, like you said, they're just completely out of touch. But, you know, with Tony being out, now, chef has gone. Wondell Robinson is hurt. I mean, the guy's got nobody to throw to, really, aside from Saquon. And my question to you real quick is, do you think the Giants are really going to have an accurate assessment of Daniel Jones after the season if he's got this crap pile to throw to? I mean, how do you kind of, you know, give the guy a fair shake? All right, man, quick one on that one. Uh, quick one there. So, uh, we'd love your take, and uh, hopefully see you tomorrow night. Take care.
1: I appreciate it, Pete. I hope we see you at 4 o'clock. At Billy's going to be rocking. Um, Look, as far as Daniel Jones, fair or unfair? They did not set him up to be in a great position this year. He's kind of got to make the most of it. That's just all there is to it. They're not a great team. They're not a great roster. They don't have great skill position players. Hey, that's the NFL. He showed you some positive signs in that game against Dallas. His running ability, scrambling, extended plays. They did not win at the point of attack. They got no separation. and. The big plays were not there. So, we'll see. This week against the Bears, some big plays are going to be needed. And as far as Bader, I love the guy. The guy is instant energy. He's an unbelievable glove. He's gotten some big hits already. I like them. I just didn't like the idea of giving up a pitcher in July or August. Yankee fans, I can tell, have falling in love with Harrison Bader. All right. Last but not least, let's hear it. stuff.
0: Hey, JJ. This is Jeremy from Long Island. It's Wednesday night. I just saw Escobar's win. Um, the Mets winning that game against the Marlins, Atlanta losing. What an unbelievable win. And I just want to say about Escobar, he was struggling for three quarters of the year. And he said in June, you know, people are going to cheer for me one day. And we have been cheering for him. He the the and home the game time. He hit the walk off. And he's such a great guy. I've been to like 10, 15 games this year. He's always signing autographs, always engaging with the fans. It's just so great to see such a good guy get a real New York moment. And more than that, this whole mess team with Buckshell Walter this first year, they have 98 wins now, six to play. And I am incredibly impressed how he has changed the entire culture of this team. Guys like Lindor, McNeil were terrible last year, and they're just back to their best selves. Diaz is the same way. And bringing insurance with the ground basket, and guys like Escobar to get the big hit to win these kinds of games. You saw like Tana Philadelphia earlier this month, or maybe that was in August. Those, those wins that really make or break your season. The message consistently got, that, got those wins. I have tickets to the game on Monday. I'm hoping that can maybe be a clincher. We win two out of three. That can line up. We sweep. We clinch. And even if we win one, we have the tiebreaker, and all we have to do is really win two out of three, and we probably win the division unless Atlanta sweeps. So I like our chances going into these final six. It's been a hell of a ride. It's been a really close race. And um, bring on October. I, 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 I love
4: this team.
1: Jeremy? I think you're going to see a clincher on Monday night. I really do. And your point on Buck Showalter is so spot on. He has gotten a different level out of Francisco Lindor. Lindor, maybe it's the comfort level of being in New York, but I think having Buck there has made a world of difference. McNeil, he's gotten McNeil back to being McNeil. He said, stop trying to yank home runs, put the ball in play, and be the guy you were in 2018, 2019. There's no getting around this. If the New York Mets... Had Louis Rojas. No knock on Louis, nice man. If he was the manager of this team, they are not in first place. I don't know how you could argue that. There are certain managers that have an impact significantly. Buck's one of those guys. We'll see if that's the case over the weekend in this make or break series against the Atlanta Braves. Minimum the Mets need one. You get two, I think you're popping bubbly on Monday. Calls were good. Remember, Sunday after the games, after Mets, 917 382. 1151. One, one. Up next, the legend, the man, the myth, whatever you want to call him. Joe B, old school new school right after this.
2: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports, I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear. Especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing in the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at vioricom slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles And your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com.
1: It's time for week four, old school, new school. We welcome back the great Joe Beningo. Buddy, before we get to the picks, there's a lot we got to chew on before we get going. First things first, your beloved New York Mets series of the year. Coming up against the Atlanta Braves. No question. Up a game, got a monstrous win twenty four hours ago, thanks to Eduardo Escobar. Indeed. What is the Beningo confidence level of the Mets going into Atlanta playing well? And if you had to put a percentage on the Mets winning the division less than a week to go,
6: what would it be? I say 50-50 to win. Oh,
1: it's greater
6: than that, Joe. I don't know if if it's greater than that. They
3: got the tiebreaker. Come on.
6: They have the tiebreaker. They got to win one game. To me, tomorrow night's the game. I want to see Big Jake, okay? Your boy. Mr. Prima Donna. I want to see him go out there. I don't want to see six innings and I, you know, okay, I threw my 87 pitches and I got to go, okay? I don't want to see him spit the bit like he did in Oakland. I don't want to see him, you know, strike out 15 guys over five innings and then oh, give up a three-run home run to tie the game. I don't want to see it. I want eight brilliant innings out of Jacob Degrom. That's what I want. Eight brilliant. Win the game tomorrow, and you take all the pressure off it because if you win tomorrow, that assures you that you leave Atlanta. Still with the division lead. Bingo. Because
1: Because if they are tied going into the last three, you might as well be winning the division because of the tiebreaker. Right. I think I'd put it at 70% at this point, Joe. You think it's that high, huh? I do. Now, I would have countered yesterday if you had lost that game and they were even, I would have been right there with 50-50. But winning that game and getting the Brave loss changed a lot, man. Changed a lot.
6: Of course. Of course. But you know what? I'm almost a little more worried about playing Washington to finish the year because those games are going to be big games. And I worry about this. You have a big series in Atlanta and, look, I mean, look, they go out and sweep the Braves, and, you know, that's it's pretty much a moot point at that point, okay? But let's say they're only up a game getting out. Let's say they're tied. Let's say they leave Atlanta and they're tied for first, even though they got the tiebreaker. I mean, I'd be, I'm a little worried about those games against Washington. Well, you have Walker and Carrasco going of those right. games. Right. Carrasco and Walker are pitching in those games. So, you know, I, tomorrow's a big game. I mean, I want to see DeGrom get it done tomorrow. I really do.
1: Now, one of the great regrets I had last week is that I did not include the Bengals as one of my five picks. That game was a shoe in It should've. was a lock. You not play it. Yep. Um, your offense could not execute in the red zone. Your defense nope. was super unprepared. And now, Joe, at one and two, you get the quarterback back. And right. now it's time. Okay, Joe Douglas has hit on some young players. That's great. I think he may have whiffed badly on the head coach. The jury is it's out time. on what he has done with this quarterback. Joe, is there a Jeff fan on planet Earth that likes the job that Robert Sal is doing? I can't find one. I know you don't uh, like look, it. I'm
6: sure, I'm sure there's a lot of the you know younger guys that are still drinking the Kool-Aid that thinking that, you know, well, you know, Salah, it's only the third game of his second year. He hasn't had Wilson to start the season, yada, 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 okay? I don't – to me, the only thing that can save this head coach and this coaching staff is if this kid now becomes, you know, phenomenal. I mean, I, I think that's it. I mean, Zach Wilson is all that stands in between Robert Salah and just another failed Jet head coach. That's it. That's it. Not gonna that's fight you on
1: that. And that's why the return of Wilson's so fascinating. And let's right. be honest, it's imperative for the New York Jets in order for you to feel better about the direction of the franchise. Joe, he, I'm not saying that he's got to come in and totally light the world on fire, but he's got to be dramatically better than what he was last year. Like I need to see sizable, well,
6: tangible improvement. Look, Jay, they got a lot of weapons. Look, this team has weapons. I agree. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they got some, they got two terrific kids out of the backfield. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Elijah Moore. You got these tight ends you got now. You need to start getting Berrios a lot more incorporated than you are. And fans. Wilson so liked that connection
1: all. with Berrios last year. Right. So maybe that gets right.
6: rekindled. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. And I told you this before. I would sit Corey Davis, man, after that stupid personal that foul last week. That was embarrassing, dude. Yes, okay? last all right? week. Embarrassing. A veteran guy. Let me see Mims play. Okay? I don't want, Look, I think Mims is a disaster, but he's still on a team. Let's see. Maybe this guy's like chomping at the bit. And let me see Mims on the field with Garrett Wilson, because to me, Garrett Wilson opens it all up for everybody else.
1: Well, my friend, you had a winning week.
3: I did. You gained a game
1: on me. I went two and three last week. You go three and two. The Cowboys took care of business for you. Yes, they did. So for week four, I am going to cede the title. I'm going to give you the honors. Okay. This is like. Us playing at Paramus Golf Course, you're shooting before me because you're going to hit it on the fairway. I can't say the same. Uh, I give you the honor, sir.
6: The floor is yours. All right, bro. I'm going at six and nine for the year now after the three and two week. I'm going right to it. I'm taking the Ravens at home, getting three against the Buffalo Bills. I love Baltimore in this game. I think the Bills were exposed by your team a little bit last week. I think they, you know, uh, when when suddenly they got themselves into a, uh, a a tight struggle, they couldn't pull. They couldn't win the football game. It was easy for them the first two weeks. They blew the Rams out. Uh, they blew out who did they play in week two. They killed them too. Oh, Tennessee the, uh, the Titans, killed Tennessee. Right. They blew out Tennessee in week two. You know, then they got into a freaking street fight with your team, and they could they didn't prevail. The Ravens are dangerous. I mean, Lamar's off to this crazy start. I mean, he what is it two weeks in a row over three hundred yards passing and over a hundred yards rushing. You know, I mean, they should have beat your team. I mean, let's be honest. That was a terrible loss. They blew two, three touchdown leads in that game. And Lamar had a big game last week. They, they did what they had to do against what I, I don't think is a very good New England team and went into Foxborough and took care of business. And I think they're going to win again. Uh, you get, you're giving the Ravens points at home against Buffalo. Let me see it. I mean, I know Buffalo's got to, you know, approach this game a little differently after losing. But uh, I think they're going to have a hard time. Uh, uh, keeping uh, Lamar Jackson uh, in check. So I'm taking the Ravens. I'm getting three points at home in Baltimore. Give me the Ravens laying the, uh, getting three against Buffalo.
1: You know, I understand getting points in that game. I expect that to be a shootout between those two quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson is playing great. And Tremendous. He, he won an MVP. I think it's going to be difficult for him, Joe, to win it again. He's going to have to be that mm-hmm. much better than Josh Allen or somebody who hasn't won it before. Because there is a bias, whether it's fair or unfair. They don't like giving that award yeah. to somebody who has right. already won it. They try to find a way right. to go and give it to someone new. But he's playing as well as any quarterback over the first three weeks of the year. That game, though, was to stay away from me. Just because both defenses are so beat up. I lean Ravens. I didn't want to touch it. So I'm going to stay away right. from that one. Here's what I am going to do. Yeah,
6: by going, the way, let me say this about... I just yes. want to say one thing about your rent. That doesn't work in baseball, where if your name is Mike Trouty, if your name is Shohei Ohtani, no, no, they want game. to
1: give some people want to give it to Ohtani every year. Like I said, they might as well give I mean. the award the Ohtani Award. Right. Thankfully, the betting odds and they know a thing or two about this stuff, Joe. Judges like minus five thousand to win MVP. So no, uh, he's not, not, not. He it's not he. even not even worth mentioning. have not not talked about conversation. this for
6: all year. It's, it's, a, it's a, lot. a it's a no question. Judges the MVP.
1: One thousand so, percent. Well, yeah. you took the Dallas Cowboys last week. They were good to you. Yeah. I'm going against them this week. I think it is a bad spot for the Cowboys in a division game. And I know the C words that the football team played very poorly against Philadelphia, but now I get Washington in a division game on the road against the Cowboy team that went back-to-back games on a short week with a backup quarterback, and I'm getting three and a hook. This game, to me, reeks 2017, 24-21, field goal's going to decide the game. I think Washington is going to be in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked if Washington went and won this game outright. Carson Wentz has played the Cowboys a ton. He's been there. He's done that. I think he's in this game. I do. I'm taking Washington. I I, I think everyone is going to fall in love with Dallas after they won two games in a row, and that's just not the way it works for a backup quarterback. Give me Washington plus three and a half.
6: All right now, on, on the sheet here, it's three, okay? Got, three. Um,
1: I'm sorry. That is correct. Okay. I still like it. All the more reason. Okay. I still like it. Give me three. Sorry about well, that.
6: Well, I'm going, I'm going against you here. I'm taking the Cowboys. Going back to I, Dallas, I, I, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think the WFT is any good. I think Carson Wentz stinks. And I think the Cowboys got something going here with this quarterback, okay? I think they got a little magic here with this Cooper Rush. He's 3-0 and as a starter. You know, the win he had last year against Minnesota. We saw against the Giants, who have a pretty good defense, that they can run the football. Pollard and Zeke, they ran for almost 200 yards against the Giants in that game. You got a game-breaker like C.D. Lamb. I don't think he's going to drop any gimme passes like he did against the Giants last week. And they got a good, let me tell you, their defense. And I understand the giant offensive line is not, uh, you know, nothing to get uh, excited about. I get that. You know, we we understand all of that when you're talking about the giant offensive line. But you know what, bro? I I like their defense. Parsons. Diggs in the secondary, Demarcus Lawrence. I like the Cowboys laying the three at home. I'm going head-to-head with you here against uh, against Washington.
1: I like it. Head-to-head right out of the gate. Um, You won the head-to-head matchup last week. We'll see if you have the same success going into week four. All right, this line, I love this game because this team, to me, is spunky. They're in every single game. That's the Houston Texans. They're getting five at home. Against the Los Angeles Chargers. No Joey Bosa. Slater, their offensive tackle's done for the year. Herbert did not look right. Remember what happened in that Kansas City game? He got absolutely blitzed. He played poorly last week against Jacksonville. And Joe, last year, the LA Chargers missed the playoffs because they <laughs> lost as double digit favorites against the Houston Texans. The Texans strike me as the team that's going to be in every single one of these games. They, they play hard. They, they can run the football. They have efficient offensive players, and their defense is better than people think. I got five points in this game. Sign me up right now. Public's all over the Chargers. I'm going the other way. Houston, plus five in game number two.
6: Hey, bro, you know, I don't, I, I'm not touching this game, but I don't disagree with you. I think the Chargers showed you last week what a fraud they are, okay? I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> To me, I don't feel
1: a, good about that Super Bowl pick, Joe. I picked them they, to win the Super Bowl. I do not feel good about that.
6: They are a fraud. I understand they got a good I I understand the quarterback. They, I don't love this guy, this head coach is stale here. I mean, I you know, he leaves a lot to be desired. So I think that's a great pick, bro. I'm not touching that game, but I think that's a great pick. All right. Uh pick number three. Call me crazy. I'm taking the Raiders. I I'm taking them. I can't see them going 0 and 4. I don't see it. And I and I don't think the Broncos are that good. Uh, you're only laying, what is it, two and a half is the number here. Uh, the Raiders are favored by at home. The Broncos have done nothing offensively. I mean, they, you know, they, they they lose on opening night to Seattle, to Geno Smith. They they barely beat the Texans at home in Denver. They put 16 on the board. Last week, they went a, <laughs> 11 to 10 is the final score last week. I mean, I mean you got to be kidding me. I mean, that's, um, I don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson, but um, they were very fortunate. They're fortunate to be 2-1 and one right now, the Broncos. The Raiders have had some tough losses, let's be honest. I mean, so the, the loss to the Cardinals was as bad as it gets. Even last week, they fall behind early. They couldn't really get themselves back. They wound up losing by two to the Titans. Just can't see them going all 0-4. I'm taking the Raiders, laying the two and a half at home against Denver.
1: That was a stay away for me. I understand the logic with Vegas. I had them last week against Tennessee. I, Joe, I just me can't too. do it again. Me too.
6: We both had them last week. I
1: can't yep. do it again. So I'm I'm staying away there. Game three, I'm going with the team that I picked against last week and it worked well for me. I'm going to do it again. And I know McCaffrey's beat up and that could blow up in my face. Mm. I like Carolina laying the points against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona is a team going from West Coast to East Coast that has disaster written all over it. I thought Kyler Murray looked terrible against the Los Angeles Rams. I don't believe in that Arizona defense at all. And I'm a big believer, hey, West Coast to East Coast team, two evenly matched teams as far as I'm concerned. And Joe, everybody's betting Arizona in this game because the public perception around Carolina is not that good. I don't think Carolina's a great team. I don't think Carolina's going to have some gaudy season. I think this is a good spot for them. It's a low number. I don't trust the Cardinals. Give me Carolina in a small favorite. I'll lay one and a half.
6: Well, I tell you, bro, I'm I'm going head to head with you again here. Second one, heads up.
1: I like how it. How about
6: that? Because I like everything, it. Everything, everything you said about Carolina, about the Cardinals, you could say the same thing about the Carolina Panthers. The same freaking thing. And I like Murray more than I like, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield here. Battle um, of the
1: Heisman Trophy Oklahoma right. quarterbacks. By the way, back that is to right. back I, years. You know
6: what? That's a that's a great point. That's right. They're both Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winners. How about that? And you know we talk about these lines all the time. The fact that it's only a point and a half that the Panthers are favored—that Vegas is telling you, man. You know you got to you got to bet the Cardinals here. I'm taking the Cardinals. I mean, I'm going head to head with you. I just I just don't like Carolina. I'm not a big fan of the Panthers. They had a nice win last week against the Saints. I get it. I understand that. I don't know how good the Saints are as they head off to London to play to, to play the Vikings. Can't wait for that. Anyway, uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. I'm I'm going uh, Arizona. Getting the one and a half against the Panthers in Carolina. I'm going head to head with you. Two games here, bro. I mean, you want to talk too? about an, a
1: way to make up ground, Joe. That is how you make up yeah, ground, bro. You go it. head to head and win both of those. It's that? the way you go, dude. How
6: about that?
1: Exactly. Um, I'm going with my best bet here in the four spot. I bet, I'm putting the best bet in the four spot. I love the 49ers this week against the Rams. Absolutely, mm. positively love the 49ers. I know they looked like crap last week against Denver. Crap. Crap would be this, right. is, this is a game I like a ton for two reasons. Number one, NFC title game revenge from what happened last January. Niners had a lead. Mm. Rams came storming mm. back and won that game. Number two, outside of that game, Joe, Kyle Shanahan has dominated the heads-up matchup with Sean McVay. They don't beat the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. I think people are going to want to stay away from the Niners. I think there's always this bias, fair or unfair, when you see a team stinking up in prime time. I'm taking advantage of that. I think this line should be three. I'm getting a discount. I am on the San Francisco 49ers. And, Joe, this is my favorite game of the week. And you got to wait until Monday night. I'm laying one and a half.
6: Interesting. Interesting. All right, bro. Game five. I'm doing it. i got to take Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. I I just you know, I hope I'm wrong. I, I pray that I'm wrong here, but I don't see any way the Jets are beating the Steelers here. I mean, where where do we start? Okay, let's start with this. Let's start with the ten days off between, uh, you know, their uh, that Thursday night game that they lost to Cleveland and playing Sunday. Let's start with that. Let's start with the matchup between Mike Tomlin and Robert Sala. Let's look at that. Let's look at the absolute disaster that the Jet offensive line is right now. Thank you so much, Joe Douglas, for just, oh, don't worry, back and he'll be fine. He'll play 17 games with no issue. Oh, great. And let's not have any backup plan for that. Brilliant. Now George Fant is out, okay? Now they got two guys. He signed some guy I never heard of. Who knows? He's probably going to start. Uh, they got If he doesn't, it's McDermott on one side and Mitchell on the other. Uh, look, I pray. I pray I'm wrong. I pray Zach Wilson comes back and has a monster game here, and somehow they beat Pittsburgh. And I understand. This is not, I hate to use the word, but not your father's stealer team, okay? I don't see Terry Bradshaw. I don't see Ben Roethlisberger anywhere to be found here, all right? This is and T.J. Watts out, all of that. You could talk, whatever. I don't see any way the Jets are winning this game. I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to get out of there two and two as I get ready to play your team. And go to the Meadowlands next week and see 40,000 Dolphins fans hopefully around. Hopefully I'll think? be one of them if that's how oh, so I cooperate. We'll I mean, see. Hopefully. You're going to be there. I mean, come on. So I'm taking, I, I'm taking the Steelers. You know, maybe it's reverse psychology. Maybe, you know, me going against them, they, they'll win. I don't know. I, probably not. But everything tells me that the Steelers will win this game and win it easily. Give me the Steelers lane the three against my Jets in Pittsburgh.
1: So we are heads up in two games. This is going to be a family play, Joe. And I got to be okay. honest. I am officially nervous about this pick because you like the Steelers a ton. Our buddy, the great Tommy Keenan, loves the Steelers a ton. And anytime <laughs> the great Tommy Keenan right. tells me he likes the Jets, I need to know but because I need to bet the other team <laughs> right. immediately. Right, right. The Ravens, he told the me, Jets, I love the Jets. Jets this week. Right. I should have right. unloaded on Baltimore. So the fact that he likes the Steelers has me hesitant. However, everything you said is accurate. Mike Tomlin with extra time to prepare. The Steelers coming off a loss against the Cleveland Browns. They're back at home. I don't trust your coaching staff. Tough spot for Zach Wilson in his first game. And then the last thing, Joe, you know this. You're a great historian of the franchise. Outside of the Jets, in the 2010 regular season,
6: That's it. Going to high field and
1: winning? They never, ever, ever win in Pittsburgh. So I add all that up. How do I not take the Steelers' only laying a field goal?
6: Bro, I don't see how you don't. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to see Zach light it up and Garrett Wilson have a big game and, uh, you know, Elijah Moore and the two kids out of the back. See, to me, the Jets got to try to run the football here. They cannot have Wilson – Throwing freaking 50 pass. I mean, they they got to try to run the ball and maybe some, you know, some stuff out of the backfield. Dare I say we ever see a screen pass for this team? And they got to get Berrios more involved. There's no doubt about it. But I, I, I just, I got a terrible feeling about this game. Terrible.
1: Joseph, we have a family play with the Steelers. Yep. Heads up in two. You got Baltimore plus three. You right. got Vegas laying two and a half. And then the two were heads up. Cowboys, you're laying a field goal. Cardinals, you're taking them plus one and a half. Yep. For me, yep. Steelers together. I got Houston plus five, San Fran right. laying one and a half, and then the two games were heads up Carolina minus one and a half, and then the artist formerly known as the WFT plus three. So <laughs> good opportunity for you to go and make up some ground, my man. Good opportunity.
6: Well, I'm giving it a shot, bro. We'll see how we play out this week. Now, you're going to be at the stadium. Uh, tomorrow. I am. For the, tomorrow for night I will 62. be, so we're doing
1: a live show from Billy's. Come out to Billy's. Come have a drink right. at 4 o'clock. We'll be on Spotify right. Live. Right. Then I will hopefully see Aaron Judge hit 62. But then nothing this weekend because Saturday the weather looks awful. Sunday is football. I cannot be at Yankee Stadium Sunday afternoon when the Jets and the Giants and all the football is right. going on. Right. So after Friday, Joe, mm. my next game at Yankee Stadium will be game one. Of the division series in a couple of Tuesdays
3: Mm. how about that
1: there's that beautiful um how about this i leave you with this parting gift have you ever had a round joe where you've had
6: four pars
1: and you still hit over the century mark that's got to be something
6: yeah i'm sure i probably have because i've I've had so many you know there's been so many rounds when i'm playing well and just have those you know, you have those just horrific holes. You know, you get those eight, even tens, you know. Like well, just I put a, up
1: two snowmen and a seven to close the round. So that's happens. how you do it.
6: I, I told you this when I had my uh, my my latest hole in one a couple of weeks ago down in Rutgers, I barely broke 100. I I went 49 49. I had a 98, and that's with a hole in one. And I had a couple cars as well. So, but I had a couple, you know, I had a bunch of triple bogeys and stuff like that. Uh, you know, fortunately, I still, thank God, thank God with the three holes in one that I do have. That I broke a hundred every time. Seriously. Okay?
1: I was going to say, I mean, that's uh, you know the one mean? way that you might right. bring the mood down a little bit. It's right. like hole in one, but right. yeah, I'm still over a hundred. Right.
6: <laughs> right. Thank God. Well, one of them was only nine holes. So I was under 50 that time, there you go. but thank God, thank God that I that I've been able to, uh, you know, break a hundred every time. So, look, You know, bro, it's a crazy game and you know, one or two bad holes can just destroy your score. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, that's just the way golf is. So, uh, you know, just be happy you got the four paws. You know, yeah, more that's... more and more, I got to tell you Jay, more and more I'm 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 playing hole to hole anymore. I like that. You know?
1: I like that. You know? That's good send like mentality,
6: hold. you know. Don't worry about the overall score. Whatever it is it is, go out and play the next hole. Okay, let me go get this hole now. Let me go par this hole. You know, I mean that's that that's my mentality now anymore because you know, uh, scoring scoring's tough. I mean, I, you know, scores, I've only broken 90 twice in my life. So, I mean, you know, scoring is not easy. That's for sure.
1: You ain't kidding. Joseph, hopefully the time I'm talking to you next week, we're talking about the New York Mets as NL East champs. We'll see if uh, that's let's the hope case. So.
6: Your lips to God's ears, my man. Your lips to God's ears.
1: That's the great Joe Beningo. He'll be back take next care. week for Old School, New School. Thanks, to
6: Joseph. Appreciate it. All right, bro. Stefan, take care, bro. Have faith, Stefan.
1: Thank you, Joe. That's the great Joe Beningo. Art Caesar will grade the picks next. We go from Joe Beningo to our Vegas extraordinaire, Art Caesar over at the Superbook. Buddy, not an ideal week three, but the Dolphins at 3-0. I have that. We'll see. We're taping this before the Thursday night game. So next week, you'll know what kind of mood I'm in going into Jet Week. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Yeah, you
7: got a big one tonight, my
1: friend. Absolutely. Should be a good one. I am looking forward to it. Um, Let's get right to this. This is a very, very tough week because there are not a lot of big spreads. You know, you think about weeks Art, that are ideal from a tease standpoint with favorites. This is not your week if you're looking to tease down favorites, dude. If anything, this is a week you're looking to tease up dogs, I think.
7: Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, normally you want to find the six, seven, eight-point favorite that you can tease to under the field goal. Not a lot of options out there this week. I mean, honestly, Green Bay's too big. You'd have to do a seven-pointer. And honestly, I think Patriots are kind of live in the game. And that Jacksonville-Philly game, I don't know. I know the Eagles are basically the best team in the NFC right now. Jacksonville's kind of frisky. So I don't know if I'd want to test a teaser throwing the Eagles in there, especially the way the Eagles have played in the second half. They basically are non-existent in second halves of these games.
1: If there's a line that stinks, we call it the fishiest of the fishy. What would that be in week Yeah, we've been pretty
7: good at sniffing these out, JJ. Uh, You know, I did mention it. I think New England is kind of fishy. I think, you know, that look-ahead line with Mac Jones was like seven, seven and a half. We got to as high as ten and a half. We had some really sharp people take ten and a half and ten. We are treating Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer as not that big of a drop-off. I know Green Bay is- That's going to surprise a lot of people, I'm not surprised,
1: but that is going to surprise a lot of people.
7: And and that's it, JJ, right? I think the public looks at it like, oh no, Mac Jones, they got to go to Lambeau. This is so hard to do. Well, Hoyer's been there a while. It's kind of a Cooper Rush situation where he's been in the building. He's been in the system. He knows what's expected of him. Listen, he doesn't have to go out and throw for 350 yards. And also, too- New England's pretty good. Outside of last week, because Lamar ran all over them for like 120 yards, they're pretty good at stopping the run. And Green Bay, early on in the season, has wanted to run the football. I think it's too many points. I, now, listen, you know the public's going to be on Green Bay. The Sharp guys are all over New England.
1: Yeah, I like New England. It was an honorable mention for me. I definitely think that's the right side in the game. All right, local action. I give you an opportunity to bet the Jet Steeler game or the Giant Bear game. What would be your side of preference or choice?
7: I'm going to tell you right now, and this is not me being down as a Giant fan because how we looked on Monday night with a chance to go 3-0 and and then go into this week maybe 4-0. and I think the Jets are the better play. I really believe that. I think the Jets have an opportunity in the game. I think the line is telling. Also, Pittsburgh with Tomlin usually play better as the underdog. When they're the favorite, and I understand they're at home, They're usually not as good in that role. And you got to remember, the Jet coach called out the players. They get Wilson back. I think you're going to get a pretty good effort out of the Jets.
1: Okay, now let's give you the picks from Benigno and myself. I can't bet the Jets in this game, Art. They never play well in Pittsburgh. Um, The Steelers with extra time to prepare. Uh, I I just don't feel good about the Jets' chances. I don't. And I know the line now is moved back to three. Everything about my history of Jet Steelers tells me that the Steelers are the right side in this game. We'll see if I'm right. Benigo and I are riding that one together. I went Commander, Texan, Carolina, San Francisco on Monday night. Joe, in addition to the Steelers, goes Baltimore, Vegas. But then we are heads up, Art. He has the Cowboys and the Cardinals. So very conflicting picks from Joe and myself. Which ones they, do you like
3: more?
7: Yeah, they certainly are. And, you know, we've done pretty well this year. The three times I've given the blessings, the blessings have come out on top. So, you know, we're trying to keep that streak going here. Just looking at Joe's picks, I like Baltimore. I think Baltimore getting points at home. You know, we talked last week with the Buffalo tax. Both teams are banged up. But, you know, when we had it three and a half, Sharp guys jumped all over three and a half. It's now settled to the three. I just like Baltimore at, point, at home getting points. I'm going to take it. I know you two are going heads up. I'm sorry. I can't take anything that the commanders do seriously. I had them last week in contest plays and teasers. They're horrible. Dallas' defense is good. Cooper Rush is like serviceable. He's not terrible. So I like Dallas from that standpoint. Vegas is backs to the wall like they were last week they got to win this week. I mean, the season might be over anyway. But, oh, it's
1: over if they lose this yeah. game more. Oh, it is over oh, for Vegas. 100%. But you know what, though? I had PTSD after that game I saw last week. Yeah. I took the Raiders against the Titans. Major PTSD, dude.
7: Yeah, and, you know, obviously that's the talk in town. I mean, all Raider fans are, fr- are freaking out. They're already talking Golden Night hockey. I mean, they are just – they are out on the Raiders. They're like, what is going on here? And we're buried to the Raiders this week. But I still like the Raiders in the spot. I know he took Pittsburgh. That's an X for me as it will be an X for you because I think the Jets are pretty live in the game. And then his Cardinal pick, which goes heads up with your pick, I actually like the Panthers in the game. So I'm going So at, when I look at his picks, I like three out of five. And then your picks, like I said, I'm going to take the Panthers for you. I like, don't like the Commanders. Obviously don't like the Steelers because I don't like it. Texans is interesting. I think the Texans, like I said last week, that line was a little fishy to me. I think that line stinks. The Chargers went from seven to five hard. Seven to five, and everyone's betting the Chargers. And what do we always know about the Chargers? I know you have this saying, don't let friends bet the Chargers, right?
1: Not when they're laying points Uh, like that. No way, exactly. Chargers getting
7: points, very,
1: very different than the Chargers laying points.
7: Yep, and this is them going on the road, right? We've talked about this for years. If you just take home dogs getting points, you'll do very well. So I actually like that pick out of you. And then that Niner game, man, that Niner game is so interesting. They look so bad on Sunday night. You know what, though? The Rams have not looked great. I think the Rams are going to come to play this week. I know it's a short spread, so I'm looking at yours. I really only like two. I think this week, again, slightly I'm giving Joe the nod.
1: Wow. Giving Benigal. You know what? The, the consensus is our, there's a lot of skepticism with our picks this week, and that's okay. Yeah. Listen, some weeks are going to be lock in step. Other weeks we're not going to be seeing either. This is a tough week of games. Niners, for what it's worth, that is my favorite okay. bet of the week. I think they're undervalued. They stunk it up. Everybody watched the game in prime time. Shanahan has had great success against Sean McVay at home. Unbelievable success. I'm telling you, the Niners are going to come to play on Monday night. I'm very
7: confident. No, I don't disagree, and that, and that's a really good angle too. I didn't even think about that. The Niners have been good against them. I just, man, they, it, it is you know, and I get caught in it just like everyone else does. The last thing you saw and the last thing I saw was the Niners looking awful in a primetime game. But, you know, that can all change Monday night, obviously.
1: Now it's your time to shine, buddy. What are the plays? What do we got?
7: Listen, man, I got to get back on track here after a week one winner, two bad ones in a row. Obviously, a two-team six-point tease. Ravens are too good to pass up at home. We're going to get through the seven. So Ravens add six to their three. It's going to be Ravens plus nine. And I think this team has been sneaky. I like them more offensively. And the team they're going against in Cleveland has a lot of people banged up. I like the Falcons plus the one and a half. That's a great seven teaser and a half. leg, Art. Unbelievable yeah,
1: I, teaser leg.
7: Love it. I really like Atlanta. And like I said, Atlanta's been sneaky offensive, man. Pitts really hasn't even gotten going. The rookie they drafted, uh, was Drake London, he's been phenomenal. And Mario has been pretty good, man. So, you know, I, I think that team at home, now getting the seven and a half. I'm into it. So a two team, six point tease. Ravens plus nine, Falcons plus seven and a half.
3: Art De
1: Caesar, our Superbook extraordinaire. Tough week four. We'll see who comes out on top. Good luck, buddy. I like the tease. Go get them.
7: Yeah, JJ, absolutely. Listen, man, next week's going to be phenomenal. Not only are we talking week five, but a little October baseball. Baseball
1: like futures. Man. We will absolutely do that. Good reminder. Yes, Good sir. Good reminder. I love it. Absolutely. It. Talk next week.
5: All right, brother.
1: So before we welcome in Jason Katz, we're doing this at halftime of the Thursday night game. Um, I'm not going to lie. A little shell-shocked. Beyond that, actually. Very shell-shocked with the two injury. I mean, that was scary. Like, you think about a lot of crazy, traumatic football injuries you've seen over the years. Ryan Shazier is one. For Jeff fans, you remember what happened with Dennis Bird a long, long time ago. I remember Tommy Maddox basically getting helicoptered off the field. We welcome Jason Katz. Jason, you're a football savant. You do this week in and week out for the Pro Football Network. That's got to be one of the most gruesome on-the-field injuries, just like the optic and the feel of it with Tua last week getting hurt. Got to give the independent neurologist, I I would hope that they're not putting concussed Tua on the field, but that's got to be one of the scariest injuries you have seen on a football field, right? It, it
8: reminded me, if you remember this from ten plus years ago, Javon Vest's injury when he was at Cal, and I mean, he landed in in the end zone and came up, and he, and he was. It would look just like two, where his arms were extended and, and in a weird position, and it's, it's just like they said on screen. It's it's a neurological response, and you you just hope that you hope in this case that two is only dealing with a concussion and there aren't any sort of long term neck. Or, or brain issues that are going to go on. At this point, I mean, our concern needs to be for two is long-term health. Who cares about football right now?
1: 100%, 100%. That's why I'm not even going to ask you anything related with the Dolphins. I mean, it's insensitive at this point for the Dolphins, quite frankly. And I, you know, Jason, that's one of those things where like, if you're playing, I don't know how, and these guys are pros, they got a job to do, they're making millions of dollars. Dude, how do you get back in a huddle after that and continue to play football? I know it's ingrained in them and I know they see injuries all the time, that's rough, man. That's really, really rough.
8: If you saw they showed Tyreek Hill close up right after it happened and you could tell that he was distraught. I mean, he, he, him and Tua developed a really, really good relationship really quickly. And, I mean, I can only imagine what he's going through, having to continue this game, and constantly thinking about, well, what's going on with my boy? And completely understand that.
1: Frightening, frightening, frightening stuff. Now, on a much lighter note, as we get ready for week four across the board, and you're going through your fantasy matchups and getting everything where it needs to be. If you go back to week three, if there was one general takeaway you had from a fantasy standpoint, as far as a big surprise, as far as more validation for one of your preseason thoughts, like if there was one overarching fantasy theme that you'd want to share with our listening audience from what you saw last Sunday and Monday, what would that be? I
8: mean, not necessarily a preseason one but once again i think i think russell wilson looks completely cooked and i don't know if fantasy managers can rely on him going forward at all and if there's another one it's that i came on here and i mentioned this before in august and i said i saw saquon barkley take one uh make one cut on a out route and knew right away he was back and sure enough saquon barkley looks back so i think that'll be uh Positive note for, uh, for Giant fans to know that, that their main guy is is back to being top three running back in the league.
1: No doubt about it. And watching your team in person, by the way, on Monday night, it is so eye-opening. How much faster and how much more explosive Tony Pollard is when he hits the hole as opposed to Ezekiel Elliott. Jason, it is, it is is eye-opening, dude, when you see it in person. Crazy. I, it's, I, I
8: understand that you can't give Pollard you know, 35 touches a game. I, I get that. He's got to be at least a little bit more involved. I mean, he had that, that one game right at the beginning. He rattled off, like, what is it, 40 or 50 yards, and then he hasn't touched the ball again for, for like, 20, 30 plays. Like, what are we doing?
1: Now let's get the matchups, my man. Quarterbacks, the must-play, the must-avoid, the floor is yours. Ha-ha, <laughs> well, the must-play this week is old man Tom Brady.
8: After screaming from the rooftops to bench Tom Brady last week, it's time to get him back in the lineups. Yeah, he's been awful this season. 224 passing yards per game. He's only averaged 34 pass attempts per game. He's 11.8 fantasy points per game. Not going to cut it, but he hasn't really had to throw it. They've been winning the game with ball control and defense, and that's what they want to do, but I say good luck doing that against the Chiefs. Mike Evans is back from suspension. It looks like Julio Jones is going to be back, and hey, Chris Godwin practiced Wednesday. Uh, Thursday was like a rest day. Maybe he returns, too. If he gets all his weapons back, Brady's, Brady could be a QB1 once again. I like him this week. On the other side, we got Matt Stafford. Since joining the Rams, Stafford has started three games against the 49ers, including the playoffs. He's thrown a total of five interceptions, which included at least one in every game. He has averaged 17.5 fantasy points per game in those starts, which is not terrible. But he's not played well to start this season, averaging just 13.9 points per game. The 49ers are allowing the second-fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks at just 9.5. Yes, Cooper Cup is unstoppable, but Stafford does not have anyone else to throw to. They're going to lose this game, and they're probably not going to score a lot of points. So I'm benching Stafford this week.
1: Let's get to running back, Jason. I'm with that. I'm in on Brady this week. I think he's going to break out in a big way against the Chiefs. Let's get to running back. What do you got? We're going back-to-back weeks on Damian Pierce. Absolute smash last week. Uh, It's
8: a good start if you started him. 18 fantasy points. He he now has over a 60% snap share in consecutive weeks, averaging 17.5 carries per game in those two games. Chargers are allowing 4.6 yards per carry. And they just gave up 100 yards to James, Ro- James Robinson on the ground. I like Damian Pierce to once again be at high RB2 this week. On the other side, I'm a little worried about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Somehow this guy managed 17.7 fantasy points last week despite recording. Zero rushing yards on seven carries. The CEA's Mirage powers on. Do not fall for it. He's averaging a 40% snap share and has yet to see more than 12 opportunities in a game. Jarek McKinnon has matched or outsnapped CEH in every game this season. Bucks are allowing just 3.8 yards per carry. Chiefs are already pass-heavy, throwing the ball 61% of the time. I think CEH will need to catch passes and fall into the end zone once again to produce. I'm not backing on it this week.
1: Jason, last but not least, wide receiver. All right, we're going to
8: the rookie, Chris Olave, the New Orleans Saints. This may feel a bit Waiting like chasing. For a
1: breakout out of Olave.
8: I like it. Now, we I had the like breakout it. last week, but I mean, I'm going right back to it olave has arrived this rookie class is just fantastic and olave is just the latest one to break out the old Jameis winston is back and he's just airing it out bad for the saints good for chris olave he leads the nfl with 147.7 air yards per game he caught nine of 13 targets last week for 147 yards michael thomas and jarvis landry banged up michael thomas has not practiced yet as of this recording jarvis looks like he's gonna play mike thomas very much up in the air uh Regardless, Olave has already established himself as the team's wide receiver to, at worst, start him this week. On the other side, we are staying in London, and we're going with Adam Thielen to sit. I love Thielen last wow, week. Wow, you're a great getting spot. off
1: the Adam Thielen train. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, first two weeks were rough.
8: Last week, got back on it, scored a touchdown. Not this week. Saints are allowing just 30 fantasy points per game to wide receivers as a group. Justin Jefferson has had back-to-back down games. I think he gets going more so in this one. I think we're looking at like a 4-for-40 type stat line from Thielen, and that's not going to be good enough for your wide receiver three spot.
1: Jason, Twitter question involves your tight end from your beloved Dallas Cowboys, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz, when do we get to a point where he is droppable? Are we there yet?
8: Dalton Schultz will not be droppable at any point this season. I mean, he had nine targets in week one, 7-62. for Last week, or sorry, two weeks ago, he got hurt, only, uh, but it was late in the game. And it was when Cooper Rush had to take over. So in, in his first start. So I'm not putting too much stock into that. Dalton Schultz will be just fine. We think Dak's coming back in week six. So I'm not worried at all about Dalton Schultz. He will be a top eight tight end this year.
1: Jason Katz, Pro Football Network. Uh, rough night, obviously, to have you on with the two news. But thanks for coming on. Appreciate the insight. We'll chat on much happier terms next week. All right, Bobby? I sure hope
8: so. And I hope to hope to
9: I hope to it is okay.
1: I like the sound of that. Before we say goodbye, we're sending our best to our guy, too. Jeff Money. The floor is yours. Let's hear it.
9: What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap of picks. It'll be for week number four, super contest style. As far as last week, I went up going three and two, I had my winning week, going seven and eight, going seven and eight so far on the year. You went two and three, you were nine and six on the year. As far as our head to head, we had no head to head super contest matchups. We were one and one for the year. As far as our family play, we had another loss matching up. And we're 0-3 on the year on that. All right, as far as my plays, okay, here we go. My uh, top play, going with a home team, I'm going to go with the, my Dallas Cowboys minus the three over the Commanders, or you're the C team, as you call them. Uh, next game, another home team, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles minus the six-and-a-half over the Jaguars. And game number three, I'm going to go with a home team. I'm going to go with the Raiders minus the two-and-a-half over the Broncos. Game number four, I'm going to take an away team. I'm going to take the New York Jets plus the three over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And for my last game away team on Monday night, I'm going to go with the Rams plus the one and a half over the 49ers. Again, my five plays. I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus the three, the Eagles minus the six and a half, the Raiders minus the two and a half, the Jets plus the three, and on Monday night, the Rams plus the one and a half. And every, everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, let's see if we got some family plays. I'm out of here. Let's go.
1: Jeff Money, we're heads up in two of the games. Heads up with the Rams Niners. Heads up Dallas and the Commanders. We are going to be riding together though with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's one that we have together. Great work by Stefan. Great work by all involved. We hope to see you tomorrow at Billy's. And we're sending our best to our guy, too. I man. Jeez, I, I really hope that independent neurologist got it right on Sunday. I really do. I really, really do. That was tough to watch. All right. On that note, rough fight. JJ out. Be good, everybody.